are listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings, and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, I saw that. Um, so close. I'm, I'm joined uh, this evening uh, by our Canadian friends, uh, Chris and Ray Andrew, and uh, and by Jennifer Hetzel. How are y'all doing? Excellent. Cold. Cold. Uh, <laughs> cold. It's cold here. Yeah, it's kind of like cold. Yeah, it's cold. as cold as it is here. I know it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're in Central Texas. We're actually getting we're, we're getting a preview of the winter that we're probably not going to have. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag global warming. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anything interesting happened to anyone since the last one, last time we convened? Uh, <laughs> I have been on for a very long time, so yes, but uh, I won't get into it because there's a ton to talk about. Yesterday, so. last night was his last night shift. For the year at the oh, nice. done. Yes. Excellent, yeah. excellent. So it's gonna Very take happy. it's gonna take you a while to oh, yeah. come back to the land of the living. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Beer's uh, looking thinking, good though. What's that? Oh yeah, it's coming in pretty yeah. good. So turned it there the other day just to yeah. <laughs> So my problem is is mine grows in pretty good, but i I'm very calico, so I've got all this light parts and it just yeah. He's got every single color in there. Yeah, it's there's red, like red and, and gray and blonde yeah. and. I've got yeah, I've got blonde and brown and and gray and white and I've got gray. this one stripe here I really like, but anyway, so. He says this is from Logan. Yes. All of his, my his, my white chin beards are from Logan. From Logan. There you go. <laughs> she caused them. Yep. Oh, oh, thanks. I hi, pretty people, and Eugene. Uh, <laughs> I love you too. It's, it's okay. I, I was giving him crap about a video that he put up uh, today. I think congratulating Xbox people for, you know, he's like, you know, the, the wait's over. Y'all kind of had crap the last couple of years, but you know, the, now the system's come out and it's got a lot of power and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, of course you're congratulating these people. You know, you know all about sticking with something during the dark times. You're a Cowboys fan, so. Oh. Um, bump. Anyway, um, just a quick, just a quick update on myself. Since we last convened, um, the the site has been kind of sparse, and uh, the reason for that is I've been busy. Um, a couple weeks ago, my I got a phone call. This was right before Halloween. Um, I got a phone call. Uh, thought it was my dad. Turned out to be a uh, work uh, uh, mate of his. And basically, uh, to try to put it in a nutshell, my dad had a massive asthma attack. He was taken to the hospital, and there he uh, hit. Um, along with apparently pneumonia that he's battling, um, his heart stopped. Uh, luckily, he was in the ER at the time, so they immediately started doing CPR, so he probably did not lose circulation at all. Um, but that being said, his heart stopped for five to ten minutes. Uh, my brother and I immediately jumped in the car, went down there, and uh, he's, he's had a close friend that's been you know keeping track of him in the last, you know, you know, over this time or whatever. Since then, um, brain activity is fine. He's had the uh, ventilator tube removed. He's just on oxygen now, on and off. Um, but uh, they're looking to move him into a somewhat private room now. Um, so things are things are definitely looking up. Um, we're recording this on a Wednesday. This Saturday, uh, my wife and I are going to go down and visit him. Um, and uh, like I said, things are definitely looking up. But there was a there was a period of time here where it was. 
it was really kind of touch and go. In fact, uh, he was told, the doctors flat out told him, you know, had you not been in the places that you're at, you know, any place where someone could call 911 for you, number one, and number two, at a hospital, uh, when your heart stopped, um, you probably would not have walked away from this. So, uh, you know, we're very mindful of the fact that uh, this was this was a very serious situation. And he got very lucky to be very honest, very honest with you. So, um, so that being said, that's why the, the site's kind of been a little sparse. And I'm, I'm, we'll talk about a little bit more about that uh, tomorrow evening. So, um, so that being said, let's go ahead and move on to our book for uh, the evening. Um, tonight's book is um, "We Are Legion, We Are Bob" by uh, Dennis E. Taylor. Um, Ray, you're the one that uh, recommended this book to the group. Yeah, and you can thank Sean because he recommended. Hi, Sean. The Sean. The Sean. Sorry, it was. Oh God! Yeah. Don't give him that. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, Sean. Uh, I caught him reading it, uh, and and he's like, "No, dude, you you gotta." He tried to explain it to me, mm-hmm. and he explained it th- to me the same way that I tried to explain it to other people, which is. Uh, <clears throat> uh, long story short, you know, a guy gets uh, put into a, a computer program, and he is a computer program that runs a satellite uh, and has to explore the universe, and it's amazing, and yeah. So, <laughs> and that description totally is just doesn't even begin to scratch the surface. No, um, it doesn't because you don't want to give anything away. Uh, yeah, you don't so, want to give anything away, but you also want to give people enough hooks that it's like, well, yeah, no, yeah. and and you, yeah, so. Anyway, so what what sold me on it was when uh, Sean told me that he was listening to it in the car, um, and he said the guy that reads it does such a great job with making sure that you can keep track of each person. And so uh, anyway, yeah, that's mm-hmm. so. Thank you, Sean. For this. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, Sean. Um, this is relatively a a new book. It just came out last year. Uh, and it won lots of awards, and I completely understand why. Um, what's interesting is uh, we were talking a little bit before the show. Uh, the book is actually part of a trilogy, and all three books have come out, thank goodness, because I cannot – I read this book. I say read, of course, listen to. I read this book within probably a day, a day and a half, and wow. was just like uh, dying. Like I've got, I have to get finished these books. Like I listened to it a second time and it was like, I have to finish these books. So I just, I flat out told my wife, I'm spending some money on buying a bunch more audible credits and I have to get these books. And she's okay. So, uh, (laughs) but yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so it, it, um, well, okay. So let's, let's go ahead and just, and and start with the book. First off, uh, we'll, we'll hit first impressions. Um, obviously you, you enjoyed it. Oh yeah, no, it was, uh, so I've, this is the second book that I've actually, or sorry, third, third book I've ever listened to as an audiobook. Okay. By far yeah. my favorite. Yes. Uh, and, and it, the, uh, sorry, uh, Ray Porter, Porter did, uh, an excellent job, made mm-hmm. sure that the inflections were properly, were, were proper. Uh, Will Wheaton did a good job with, uh, Ready Player One, mm-hmm. but but you got lost in the fact that it was Will Wheaton. Like, you, you know, like it took away a little bit. Where mm-hmm. this one, he uh, is Bob, right? Yeah. Like, that's that was what I, is, is cool for me is that when I'm listening to this guy, that's Bob for me now. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. 
it was really cool to for that part of it anyway. So. Yeah. So Chris, you enjoyed it as well. Yes, <laughs> I did. I'm really starting to like audiobooks. I didn't yeah. think I would because I I thought that because I did I don't want to get a Kindle or anything because I like holding a book and flipping the mm-hmm. pages and the whole texture and textile thing the whole thing, um, but listening to somebody read a book and do different voices for the characters and, and give emotion and everything like that just kind of mm-hmm. makes it that much. Well, when they do it really well, when you have yeah. a good, uh, a good storyteller yeah. reading a good book, I mean, it just gives it that much more. And we tried listening to, um, astrophysics for, uh, people on the run people or something like that. The Neil deGrasse Tyson book. Yes. Yeah. And he reads it, but it's hard to listen to him. Because it's him, and he just sort of explains it like you say. So he's fast, and he's like right <laughs> over my head. Um, but I loved the book; it was amazing. It was really, really good. I didn't understand any of the science part, but I loved the story. I didn't understand. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. I believe you. <laughs> no That's idea. one of the nice things about this book is there is a lot of science in it, and. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I loved it. I loved him going into it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I, I did really enjoy. But I could definitely see there's enough story in this and enough character that yes. you can completely gloss over the, the science and still oh, yeah. love this book. So It's like The Martian. I know The Martian, it was a lot of math, a lot of science, all that. But it had so much story to it that it didn't – I didn't – I could gloss over the math part and still want to read the rest of the story. Right, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Jennifer, what were your thoughts? Well, I am reading it, reading it. So I had a hard time, kind of like you said, keeping up with all the storylines. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine having to do that audio audibly because I'm having such a hard time reading it that listening to it would be a nightmare, I think. <laughs> um, the way it just jumps from person to person and timeline to timeline. And I don't know. So that that's a little frustrating. Uh, I don't know if it would be easier to read, though, if if it was all like streamlined in one person either. I don't know. So, so that's making it difficult for me to fully, you know, enjoy, but it's, it's a good story. Other than that, you know, that's just frustrating. Um, I, I have enjoyed reading it when I've had time, but obviously I haven't been able to finish it in a day and a half like y'all. <laughs> well, okay. Once again, I listened to everything at double speed and it's I'm nuts. still, I've, I've been doing I've been doing inventory, so I've had a lot of time to have my headphones on. So Yeah, I can't um, listen or read at work either. So it's Well that's true, yeah. Yeah. So that um, so the the interesting part is like I would love to actually get I tried to get my hands on the book and it wasn't available mm-hmm. in the bookstore at all. Um <clears throat> I think they can order it, but it, that takes so long. It was it would have taken forever. So that's why we got the audio book and uh as well as what you know, Sean had recommended, and the thing that I liked about the audiobook was, and I think it would be easier to to actually follow along, because for each character that is brought in, uh, Ray Porter changes his voice just enough so that you can actually get used to each character, and and I really like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it would actually made it easier to follow along. Because you, you, oh, the only thing that we had to pay attention to was at the very beginning to see who was talking. Yes. And then it was okay. This is from this person's perspective. Yeah. Now we can go. Now, we, yeah. <laughs> because if you, yeah, we had to do that a couple of times. It was like, wait, go back. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's talking here? Who's Hang talking? on. <laughs> um, I, I, I've listened to this book probably four times at least. Um, 
like I said, I obviously I really, really liked it. So in retrospect, going through it multiple times and kind of knowing what's going on definitely has helped. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so interesting story. The way that I normally do uh, uh, the books for the for this uh, book club is I'll go through and listen to it. And as I'm listening to it, I will pause and I'll make little notes on my phone. Um, I got a new phone and I was having an issue with it and I had to restore it. And unfortunately, I had gone through and done like step by step everything that happened in the book and I lost all of that. So uh, that being said, it's going to be a little more uh, general (laughs) in our review for the night. Uh, We're not going to have the whole step by step thing like I I tend to do sometimes, but uh, it should be fine. Um, So, yeah, let's get let's let's go ahead and just uh, uh, jump into the book. Um, (sighs) Let's see here. So the book really kind of, and I don't even see in the, the one other issue with reading or listening to it as an audio book is I have no idea like where the chapters are. Like I, I just lose track of that. It, to me, it just flows all together. So I can't tell you how far, how many chapters in it is whenever the book like really starts to get going for me. And that is whenever he finally gets out on his own and, and starts doing stuff. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, the book is, um, What's his last name again? Bob Johansson. Okay. So we, we start off in the beginning of the book. Uh, a guy named Bob. And, uh, of course, because we are Bob. And uh, uh, Bob uh, Johansson, he's, uh, he's, he owns a software company. It's a small software company. And he's literally just sold it to a big company and is making quite a bit of money. Um, he's a little bit of an outcast. And um, um, he's definitely an introvert. He kind of prefers to, you know, you know, do things by himself or whatever. He's getting over a bad breakup, uh, but he's in Las Vegas with uh, some of his coworkers who are also his his closest friends. Um, and they're at a uh, science fiction convention. Uh, what's interesting is it's I, I can see this convention uh, very much like a, a normal convention, but there's definitely a little harder science to it as well, which is fine because he starts talking about going to some of the panels. And I mean, they're talking about some super hard science stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is still cool. But um, so uh, he, he's going to this convention or whatever, and it starts talking about these types of um, um, uh, satellites. Yep. self-replicating satellites and these theories that, that they have and, and so on and so forth. And then he proceeds to tell the rest of his group. He's like, Oh, by the way, I also signed up to have myself cryogenically frozen when I die. Uh, and most of them are okay with it. Uh, the one, the one uh, woman in the group, you know, just, it's like, well, I don't know you're doing this. It's stupid, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 you know, he explains, he's like, you know, look, I'm a humanist, you know, I don't believe there's an afterlife. It, you know, if it works great, if it doesn't, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I may have wasted a bunch of money, but whatever, it, it's not a big deal. No worse off. <laughs> exactly. I'm no worse off. I could be better off, but I'm no worse off. So, um, so, uh, and then literally the next thing we know, he's crossing the street and gets hit by a cab and dies. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, hey guys, the end. No, um, good, good timing though, eh? Like, hey, like sign the papers and <laughs> shit. Let's, okay, let's be completely honest. I I'm not an optimist. I try not to be too much of a pessimist, but it's definitely that theory. Like, if I do hit the lottery, I'm gonna be looking over my back constantly because I'm gonna be like, well, time for me to die. This is what's gonna happen. Because <laughs> that will be my luck. So random. Yeah. So, um, so he's hit by a car and he dies. 
And when he wakes up, he's he's trying to figure out what's going on. And um, I'll just kind of race through the, the, the part because there is some part there where he's trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Um, there's a scientist there, and he basically tells him in a nutshell – it's 113 years later, I believe. 117, 117 years. 117, I think that's right. Yeah, 117 years later. Um, uh, that uh, in that time, a um, uh, an extremely um, a president has come into power and basically thrown his weight around, and there was a coup, and as a result, there were nukes on uh, uh, you know, in the U.S. and basically the U.S. is no more. And uh, what is the name of the country now? I cannot remember. Um. Oh, I don't even remember. Wait, now I got anyway, um. So anyway, it's Wait. it's an ex- it's an extremely religious state, and um um, not quite 1984, but kind of getting close there. Yeah, so like you know, to the point that you know uh, the doctors like you know we're not supposed to speak out and everything, and yet even though it is this highly religious state, there are set, there are different uh, sects and, and and factions, and they are mm-hmm. competing for uh, you know control and everything. And he compl- you know he 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 tells him you know he said look, uh, you're a computer program now. You're basically an AI. We scanned your brain and you're an AI and. Uh, and of course he starts asking, he's like, well, what happened to my body? And they're like, well, to do that, you kind of have to destroy the body. So he's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm dead and takes to it very quickly, which the doctor is very excited about. He's like, cause most of the time when this happens, people tend to go crazy and has a problem. Mm-hmm. And at this point he starts explaining to him, well, uh, so here's the thing. You're one of five different AIs from, from previously, you know, deceased people that have been scanned in. And you're kind of in a competition right now for a big project. Can't tell you what the project is. Um, but as long as you don't go crazy um, and, and, you know, work well and adapt well, you know, you, you've got a shot if, you know, and if not, you may get shelved. And he's like, okay, well, there's there's my motivation. <laughs> yeah. So, and in saying that, I love how uh, there's there's times where, so he's like, can, can we get some, like, limbs so that I can... Because he talks with his hands, right? So, yeah. And then they give him this this little, what I picture is like just a little simple robotic arm. Yeah. And he starts inflecting with it, <laughs> and I can totally picture that happening. And it would be something that I would need to do too. So. Oh no, absolutely. I I don't. That would be one of the the, the hardest things for me is if I were a computer not being able to, because uh, Cyrus is in the thing. He knows I talk with my hands constantly. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. So. Anyway, so he's going through this, and the uh, the scientist, you know, starts to fill him in on stuff that's going on, and uh, you know, little bits here and there, and he starts to do some exploring. And three of the other five uh, AIs all, you know, die for whatever reason. They get, they go into feedback loops, they go crazy, whatever. And um, and he, you know, he's like, you know, he keeps getting shut off, and he hates this. He's like, why do you keep shutting me off? And he's like, because if we leave you with idle time. You know, right now you're you're perceiving time like we normally do, but whenever you know stuff stuff's not going on, you can actually perceive time much faster or much slower. And slower is the big problem, yeah. And 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 what you know, you could basically just, you know, for what would be a couple of minutes for you would seem like years. And so you you know you've got we've got to be careful. He's like, well, if you would give me stuff to think about and do, it won't maybe it's not such a problem. So sure enough, that's what happens. And during his time, um, 
there's a couple of different attacks on the building. And at one point, uh, he's learning to use these little like spider type droid things to do yep. some building and stuff. And he ends up protecting part of the building. And of course, everyone's like scared to death that he got out, quote unquote, got out of his little, you know, container area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at that point, the doctor tells him, uh, or the scientist tells him, yeah, we're not so much scared of you. It's the fact that if someone found out and thought you were uh, a threat, they would, uh, they would set off the nuclear device that's underneath this. And of course he's blown away by that. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I got the country. So in this new world, the world has been broken up into the United States of Eurasia, which includes Europe and most of Western Russia. Uh, There's China. Then there's Faith, which is all of North America, except Washington State, British Columbia, Columbia. Uh, the uh, Australian Federation, uh, Republic of Africa, and the Brazilian Empire. Yes. Yes, those damn Brazilians. (laughs) So that's what... Damn Brazilians. Yeah. (laughs) I'm allowed to say it. It's based on the book. That's right. (laughs) Um... Faith. And why can I not remember faith? Because that's one of the things he keeps bringing up is yes. there yep. are so many poor acronyms throughout the entire yeah. book. Faith stands, How, I know. Yes. faith stands for free American independent theocratic uh, he, homogeny. That's right. So, yeah. And I, and I love that, um, you know, it, that's how it was actually described to the American people or like the North American people at the time was just the, the long way of saying that uh, because it was it was an anti-religious um, faction that was running the the the, uh, the country, and then mm. this one kind of came along to take over, and and Bob was like, "How did they not see this coming like a mile away?" Faith is the acronym, and <laughs> yeah, it's brutal and yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 okay. A lot of things we could draw, you know, conclusions here, but whatever. Uh, so we're not going to leave it alone. No, yeah. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, so he, he's going through the training and, you know, things start getting stepped up. And he's like, you know, he starts looking around and he's, he's finding more information. And he finds out that he's the last one. Basically, he's quote unquote one. Um, and it's at this point that he's starting to give the information that uh, your purpose is we're going to. Uh, put you into uh, this spaceship and in, into this satellite um, with a bunch of. I'm sorry. Self self replicating probes. Yeah, self replicating uh, probes. Van, Van Noyn. Van Noyn. Van Noyn. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, and um, and this thing includes a a futuristic. Uh, it's not warp drive, but it's a futuristic uh, propulsion system. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, we are still trying to figure out if it's true. And so far, they're back and forth about it. But NASA is extremely excited about this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bunch of three D printers that can actually print things at the molecular level. So he can literally print anything. He just have has to have raw materials to go in. And it does explain that. Um, the thing about the 3D printers are they can make their own 3D printers. They can replicate themselves. But, of course, that's an extremely complex task, which takes a lot of time, energy, and, and resources. Um, but then, you know, other things like um, uh, stuff that goes boom is usually not a good idea because that tends to have problems. And when it goes boom, it tends to destroy everything around it. So, um so and at, at this case, at this point, he's you know things are getting rushed, and he's asking questions, and you know the scientist is basically like you know look, um, things are not good here on Earth. Like you know there's just there's several uh, governments basically left. 
Uh, we're basically kind of like circling the drain at this point. Um, everyone's very, you know, edgy, you know, we're literally on the verge of war. It's just kind of like who pulls the trigger first. Um, and everyone else is kind of trying to do the exact same thing that we're doing. So they, uh, they get him set up, they get him shipped off and into, um, um, into the satellite and he's literally, you know, attached to the space station and, and waiting for things to go. And he gets a message from the scientist basically saying, Oh, I'm sorry. Before he gets he gets shipped off, the scientist is is basically said, you know, look, uh, there's a very high uh, probability that uh, someone's going to try to blow you up, so be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, here are the codes to basically um, rip out all of the controls uh, that Faith would have over you, so you can do, you know, whatever. Um, and he's like, okay, so he memorizes these. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's saying, I'm trusting you. To help humanity, basically, at this point, he says I, I've known you well enough uh, to to have faith that you're going to do that, and uh, and so that's why he's giving them the, the the tools to be able to get around those basically controls. Basically, free will. Yeah, give him back his free will. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and so it's at this point he gets a message, and he's literally decoding it like in you know faster than real time. Um, as to, you know, he's being shot at. So he immediately ejects and, and shoots off and, um, he's being attacked by, basically he looks back and it, it looks like, I think the Brazilian shot Brazilian first, shot. Yeah. They shot. And then someone shot Faith. back. Faith took them out and yeah. well, shot at them. And yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's at work. this point he's, he's hitting Saturn. He specifically makes a stop at Saturn on the way out. Because he's always wanted to see it. And then starts yeah. heading on to, you know, other galaxies. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really like about this book and, you know, the fact that it does talk about the fact that he can, you know, speed or, or you know, speed up or slow down his perception of time is that um, we'll literally go from section to section in the book. And it's like, oh, it's been four years. Like, you know, he talks about, OK, well, I've got to get to here. It's going to take four, you know, it's a four year trip. Yep. And he talks about something for a few, you know, for a couple, what would essentially be a paragraph or so. And, oh, hey, it's been four years we're there. Yeah. So, uh, which is nice. You know, we're not going to, you know, because it would be insane to try to do the rest of this. So, um, It's really great in the book. Yeah. It's really yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so the first place he shows up, he, he gets to his destination and uh, he's been told that the Brazilians have, have pretty much sent a ship after him. Um, and it's probably going to be pretty ready to, to try to take him out. Um, so it's at this point, oh, I'm sorry. At, at, he, he stops, he intercepts a message. He figures it out. Uh, he figures out that faith was basically trying to a blow him up and then B control him. So he rips out all that information first. So he doesn't have to worry with it. Um, and then, uh, he starts preparing to deal with the Brazilians and he starts creating what he calls busters, which are basically just, it's kind of like a missile, but it doesn't explode less explodey. <laughs> So no, more, no more punchy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he has his first encounter with, uh, the Brazilians, uh, the Brazilian. And, um, he pretty much figures out that the Braz- the Brazilian was definitely, um, he wasn't, he wasn't a laid back guy like uh, Bob was, <laughs> Uh, he was definitely military and was military. focused on, yeah, let's, let's kill and blow shit up. So, um, so then once Medeiros. he, uh, Medeiros. Medeiros, yes. Yeah. Uh, so he ends up taking out Medeiros or at least one Medeiros. 
because uh, he's not quite sure about that. And and this is where the book really starts to take off, mm-hmm. at least for me. Yep. <clears throat> it's at this point he starts thinking, he's like, okay, well, I was sent out here to do a purpose. Maybe I should actually try to, you know, do that purpose. You know, we'll do some exploring, see if we can find some other planets for, uh, you know, humanity to explore and, and hopefully colonize, get off the rock we're on. Um, do some actual exploring as well. Um, and you know what? Maybe we should check on earth. Cause it's kind of been a while. It's been like 30 years. Um, maybe we should check to see if, if there's even anything left on earth worth saving. So it's at this point, he starts setting up his, his factories and his 3d printers. And he starts to do something that he's kind of uncomfortable with, which is clone himself. So we've kind of glossed over this at this point. Um, the book is very, it it does take a lot of time to look at the idea that, um, is he Bob? Because, um, you know, is, is the thought process is, you know, is the fact that he's no longer human, does that still make him Bob? Mm -hmm. Does the fact that at one point, in fact, even, um, he was restored from a backup. So if that's even the case, is he even still the original version of Bob, as it were. Like, he's not even ver- Bob 2.0. He might be Bob 3 at this point. <clears throat> so, it, it does play around with that a lot. Idea. And he's kind of nervous about the idea of cloning himself. Mm-hmm. But he goes ahead and does it anyway. And he clones himself, and he makes four copies of himself. One of the first things he decides is that um, we can't all be Bob. <laughs> first thing you got to do is come up with a new name. So one thing that we haven't really touched on it either yet is uh, is that to make sure that Bob doesn't go insane, he created himself a little bit of a VR. Oh my God! How did I forget? <laughs> how so, did I forget? So that way he, he feels like he actually exists. Yes. Because he he felt very disembodied because all he saw was his sight was a camera, and then uh, and then I liked. Uh, and again, going back to when he was learning, uh, he was kind of looking at himself through the drone so he could see what his face looked like. And it was just a camera on a pod. Uh, yeah. So that kind of played with his mind a bit. So that's why he, he created this VR in order to make sure that he, he doesn't go insane. And mm-hmm. it actually it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like you have to feel like you exist in order to actually not drive yourself insane. Right. So um I know I have to create some sort of VR as well. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, he does. He yeah. does create this VR, and um, the um, the interface that he uses to actually interact with everything is called Guppy. I love Guppy. <laughs> and so, even though his 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 VR self basically looks like he did, you know, when he was alive, mm-hmm. uh, Guppy looks like looks. Acts and talks and sounds like Admiral Akbar. <laughs> and Ray Porter does an amazing Admiral. Akbar. Oh yeah, yes he does. Oh yeah, because anytime he looks over, he's like, you know, Guppy, what's going on? Yeah. And it's just. <laughs> and what a hair flash. <laughs> so, um, as you can probably tell, Bob is a um, he's a geek. You know, he's a software engineer, but he was definitely a geek. He was going to a science fiction convention. Yeah. And this really starts to, to play out whenever he starts uh, reproducing, as it were. So Bob creates four clones. Um, the first clone um, is um, calls himself Riker because he's number two. Um, 
not quite number one, but number two is close enough, uh, which is funny in itself. Yes. He also creates three others. He creates uh, Bill, yep. he creates Milo, and he creates Mario. Um, and I'm not, I'm never was sure about the name. I, I got Riker and Bill, I know is kind of, you know, William. Okay. That, that's, that's pretty close. But, um, I, I never really got where Mark and, and Milo came from. Like some of the names are very distinctive. Like, you know, in the later books, some of the other clones come on, you know, just like, oh, well, obviously I know where they got that from. Thor. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. So, but yeah, <laughs> Mario, I I never really understood. Like I always think of like Super Mario, but he's all he's a loner and he doesn't want it, so he just goes off on his own. And yeah, um, yeah. and then like I said, Milo, I really wasn't sure where he got the Milo from either. They may have said exactly where Milo came from, but I don't remember. No, not really. Not that I remember. Okay. Um, so he creates these four. You know, he creates these four clones of himself, and he immediately notices that. Um, and and, and I immediately thought of um. Uh, what is that movie called uh, when Michael Keaton? Uh, um, multiplicity. Multiplicity. That when you make a clone of a clone, it, you know, it's always different. Well, in this case, it's still a clone of himself, but, um, and, and even, and I, one of the things I loved about this book is it's very self-referential. And it's, because it even points out the fact that it's like, these Bobs have these different personalities. Well, why is that? And they're like, well, quantum physics, the way you think, and they're like, that's bullshit. We, we don't know. You're just making up gobbledygook and and that's just what we're supposed to live with and they're like yeah pretty much (laughs) i don't know they they don't really dig into it any more than that and they admit that in the book and i i love the same thing because you know yeah some some things just you can't explain exactly yes and and this would definitely be something that you know at a molecular level that there are going to be changes now sometimes it's a big change for example so um, Mario is very, very standoffish and is very like, doesn't care, doesn't really say anything, you know, he, and he even said, he's like, you know, I'm pretty, I was pretty, you know, much a loner and, and, you know, when I was alive, but you know, this is kind of a bit of extreme and Riker is very, um, direct. stern, very direct. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, just... Bill is just kind of really laid back and, and Milo is too, to some extent, but then like there are these personality clashes really quickly, but he even says, um, he's like, you know, um, you know, if, if, if my parents were to see this, they would, they would look at it and still be like, oh, well that's still Bob. It's just yeah. mm-hmm. different moods of Bob or different, maybe different phases of Bob's life or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, the so we have exactly. Yeah. We have, we have the five, we have the five personalities. So like I said, I originally had in my notes, the step-by-step as how everything else goes, um, I don't have that anymore. So what I thought we would do with the rest of the book is um, the the five Bobs, let's take them one at a time and we'll talk about kind of what their purpose is and uh, what it is they tackle. Um, Is there a particular Bob we'd like to, sorry, Bob, we'd like to uh, tackle first? Well, why don't we stick with the original Bob? All right. So original Bob. So original Bob. And then we'll, then we'll move back to going back to earth and all that other stuff. Yeah. So they decide, okay, so they're like, okay, well, we need to do this. And a couple of them, you know, one of them volunteered for this. We need to do that. Another one volunteered for that. Um, and it, he always finds it interesting. He's like, because there are some of them that are like, okay, well, I'd volunteer to stay here. For example, Bill decides, he's like, well, my radar is not, you know, on the same frequency that everyone else is, but I'm getting a lot more range. And I'd actually kind of like to really 
explore that and maybe do some tests or stuff. And he's like, so maybe I'll just kind of hang out here and kind of be the, the center hub or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, like the other ones are out, like, which yeah, it works out great. But the rest of them are like, why would you want to stay here? There's not really anything here. Um, and so Riker's like, well, I'll go check to see what's going on on Earth. And they're like, okay, that's cool. Um, Mario basically is like, I'm just going to go as far as I possibly can. And Miles like, oh, yeah, never yeah. hear from him again, right? <laughs> well, no, we do hear from him again a little yeah. bit more yeah. in the book. So he really comes to play in the other books, which we'll talk yeah. about. Yeah, it's so. later on. But yeah, he's definitely a checkout. See you later. All the best. Yeah. You guys are nuts. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, Born Distracted in the chat says, isn't Bob a uh, battery-operated boyfriend? Oh, God. (laughs) (sighs) I'll never think of a person named Bob like that again. All right. So, anyway. um, So, let's think with Bob. With with Bob. Um, So, (laughs) Bob goes and... and, um, goes to check out this uh, uh, other uh, other solar system that could possibly house life. It's not too far away. Um, it, it, it seems interesting. He's like, this is probably one of the next places we need to go check out. So he goes out and, and checks it out. And he checks it out. And um, the, the, the stuff that it explains, I'm hoping all the astrophysics that he explains in here is pretty on par because it makes sense. Cause I mean, he does talk about the Cinderella zone. He talks about, um, you know, how most solar systems, you know, have, you know, these certain things built into it and how, you know, plans have to be a certain distance from the sun and, and, you know, has to have certain things to happen to supposedly be able to sustain life. So he finds this planet, uh, Delta Ridney, I believe. It depends and, on which book you listen to. Because, <laughs> because uh, if if you're listening to the first book, he irid- he he pronounces it Iridani. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and in the second, second and third book, book it's Iridani. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm like, wait, he went somewhere different. I no. was a little off too on that, but I'm just like, yeah. okay, it's Bob. I know where Bob is. I don't need yeah. to know the specific name. I just know Bob. So what I think has happened is he pronounced it in the first book, Iridani, and then they were like. Some some people obviously listen to it and they're like, "That's not how you pronounce it. Can you pronounce yeah. it Eridney?" Okay, <laughs> okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. We'll just retcon yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> so uh, so Bob ends up in uh, we're going to go with Eridney, uh, Delta Eridney, and um, and and discovers life. And there there's two forms of life that he finds there. Uh, the first form of life he finds, well, he finds multiple smaller, you know, types of, of life, but he finds these, um, bat pig hybrid creatures, mm-hmm. uh, which he ends up referring to as the Deltons. And, um, and the Deltons are very early stage. Uh, they, they do live in clusters. They do live in family groups. Um, Stone but they're age. very stone age They're but they're just now starting to learn about tool working. And um, he sees one Delton in particular, a younger boy, who actually is, is has made a flint weapon. And at, it's at this point he's like, okay, well, you know, this guy seems to know what kind of what's going on. Uh, so he starts to follow him and he gets attached to him. Um, it's at this point he creates Garfield, doesn't he? He clones Garfield, I think. Uh, he makes a couple of clones. Um... Garfield is Bill's clone, isn't he? Are we talking about Bill? Oh, that's right. Garfield is with Bill. Who's yeah. with Who's with Bob? Here, hang on a second. Um, Bob has... Marvin or Martin? 
Marvin, Luke, and Bender. Milo. Milo. Marvin. Milo, Marvin, Luke, and Bender. Is it Milo that sticks with him in the... Yeah, yeah. it's Marvin. No, no, Milo goes off no. and gets... Milo goes off. No, it's... Milo uh, goes off. It's Marvin that sticks around. Because Marvin sticks with him. That's right. Luke yeah. and Bender go basically right. on a... Luke and Bender. Go right. on yeah. a, they follow... They, they go to track They Milo. track one of the other guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, Milo. Yes. So Mario. One of the animals. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry this I'm looking is how at the complicated the story gets. <laughs> exactly. I still love so, it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so he's got Marvin with him, and they they start watching what's going on. And as time goes by, they they start figuring out they're being attacked by um, the Del. Uh, no, the Grilloids. The Grilloids. That's right. So there's a a, a gorilla type uh, creature that's basically running in and and, and killing the the Delta uh, the Deltons. And um, so they they help they help uh, um. Oh, what are they? Um, Archimedes is what they named this one young Delton boy. Um, they they show him where some flint is, and the, the kid is well, they smart. They don't show him. They just drop it. And oh, that's right. Yeah. And he um, finds a crap. Finds it. He finds a crap ton of it, and he hoards it. Yeah. <laughs> and he hoards it. And but then he starts making he starts making uh, um, uh, some knives and stuff out of it. Yeah. Takes it to his mom, which helps them. Um, then starts treating it with some of the other uh, members of the group, specifically the bigger, stronger Deltons. Um, They're attacked, and at at this point, they actually fend off the Grilloids um, and and figure out... uh, Where were we? Okay, so anyway, he's helping (laughs) Arnold, and he's helping helping the Deltons. um, And it just... uh, It it just... Okay, it looks like it's finally coming back up. What the hell? I don't understand this. Um... So that's kind of where main mainly where Bob stays. Bob is has decided he's going to start helping the Deltons, mm-hmm. and they start doing research and they figure out the Deltons have. Uh, and I'm trying to remember. Am I getting too far into the second book where they they no, move? If, yeah, no, that's that's later. Because uh, okay. they figured out. Well, no, they, they the they, rate they, of being attacked by the gorillas. They're going to go extinct. They're going to go extinct. So they they have that's to move why, them. Yeah. To okay. where where the flint is. That's right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now that being said, uh, you know, uh, Mar- Marvin, mm-hmm. Marvin, Marvin, yeah. Marvin, yeah, Marvin and Bob have a bit of a discussion of um, the prime directive, the prime directive of, yeah. of not interfering and whether mm-hmm. that should be a good thing. Maybe they're intelligent because they were getting attacked by the Grilloids and, you know, are we actually stinting their growth? And Bob basically says, fuck that. We're helping them out anyway. And, yeah. He gets attacked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is kind of like an ethical dilemma here because mm-hmm. it's like he's he's gonna he obviously reveals himself to them and if they survive generations later they're gonna have like built a religion to this guy I can already see it you know like this is how those kinds of yep. things start and like are you you know should you let things happen naturally or are you giving them an unfair advantage and they're gonna yeah. wipe out everything else I don't know I, I'm a little on the fence about that. Which at this point he also um, shows himself to uh, Archimedes. He he um, takes a, a, a small uh, surveillance drone down and uh, and starts helping him out. And a lot some of the some of the Deltons are pretty um, well. Like the, the 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 medicine woman is just not having it. Nope. Um, though. <laughs> yeah, she's just not having it at all. And neither is the. 
Yeah, the Delta that that kind of starts, you know, buddying up, you know, the 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 future soon to be girlfriend. Um, Diana, Diana, yeah. Diana. But m- a lot of the other ones um, are like, well, okay, you you keep showing us stuff that seems to work and seems mm. to be like you have our best interest, so we're gonna keep going with it. So, yeah. Um. So, so for the most of the the, the rest of the book, this is pretty much what Bob does is Bob is has decided he's going to watch over this this budding civilization and do everything he can to protect them um and and try not to interfere too too much like he does have kind of a uh, an escape plan eventually down the road but uh, for right now he's like no this is this is uh this this is what I'm doing because um, he, he talks about his, he didn't really have much, he had some family, but he wasn't like super close with them. He got, he got along really well with his sisters. Yeah. Um, but he just wasn't that, you know, he just wasn't that close to his family. And, uh, for me in the book, this is, this is the version of Bob where he's like, okay, I really kind of want a family and this is the closest thing he can get. So that's what he's doing. Um, so let's move on to Bill. Bill's the one that decided to stay back and uh and and kind of hang out uh and was curious about a few things one of the things he was curious about was um trying to get trying to get uh uh contact long range contact yeah yeah so instead of having to wait light years to get information back and forth uh he creates uh a new type of technology and starts sending the information out there for for the other bobs to start building so that they can have basically instantaneous communication Mm-hmm. Which um, I love this theory. And, yes, I do too. Uh, what what I liked about it was that it was a uh, it was an easy way to explain away the light, um, light the light year uh, delay. It yeah. was an easy way for them to say, okay, yeah, it's theoretical. Yeah, okay, but listen, after a computer works on this as a computer as amazing as what Bob is works on it for so long, they're going to figure this kind of crap out. So. Just buy it. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I like that. Which I love the running gag as well when everybody starts the first time that they log into Bobnet. I, anyway, that's a whole nother. <laughs> I mean, that happens in this book, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's yeah, but, later, but yeah. Yeah, one of the things is as soon as you know someone gets the so one of the other pops will get the information. They're like, "Oh, hey, look, you know, Bill's got this thing set up, and we can. Oh, wow, we can communicate instantaneously. That's awesome." And so they, so they get it set up, and they log into Bobnet, and they're in their VR, and you know they contact Bill, and they're like, "Oh, wow, my God, we can we can like you know Skype call instantaneously. This is awesome." And then Bill literally shows up in their VR, <laughs> and scare oh, kind of scares the hell out of them, and he's just like, "Oh, yeah. I love doing this." Yeah. Um, but Bill also every starts time. looking at yeah every time. Uh, Bill also is looking at trying to um, um, uh, uh, he's trying to uh, um, make a planet called Ragnarok a, uh, a livable. Yeah, he's trying to terraform it. <laughs> he's trying to terraform it. I was yeah. I could not remember the term. Yes, he was trying to terraform it. So he's he's slowly but surely trying to drop uh, you know ice <laughs> icebergs icebergs <laughs> on this planet. Um, <laughs> One of them gets a little gets a little out of hand. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, 
but Bill has be, Bill becomes uh, he is slowly but surely getting it, you know, and and building it into something. He is slowly but surely building up this planet, and it, it does that over the course of the books. But uh, Bill's become our um, he's our mad scientist, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and without him, we don't get a lot of the technology that we, you know, slowly but surely get over the course of the three books. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, he's and very I, laid back and just very like, well, let's let's research this, let's do this. And I thought it was interesting that later on, some of the newer Bobs actually wanted to like that, you know, either went away or went to want to explore. Uh, found themselves actually envying Bill because he was able to work on all the little things that he wanted to work on. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So this is this is retirement, Bob. This is um, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely retirement, Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna sit around and piddle around with all the stuff yeah. I want to mess around with. So yeah. yeah. So you can you check in with me uh, later, but uh, right now we're gonna do this and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's 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 jump to Riker. Um, whenever they whenever before Riker heads off, they have a discussion and they're like, "Hey, you know, we don't know what we're gonna find back at Earth when you get there, so don't it's go probably yeah, probably a good idea you don't go by yourself." So they make another clone, and this clone is Garfield, and um, <laughs> Garfield is quite literally the most animated of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Garfield, no, not Garfield, Homer, 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 uh, Homer hey. is the most, uh, is the most animated of the group because he literally takes on the Homer Simpson, like caricature. Yes. For His VR while. becomes Homer Simpson. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to include, yeah, to include like, you know, animations of his head blowing up and, and everything else just, mm-hmm. you know, to explain stuff and doesn't really sit well with Riker. Um, I don't all. think he's taking it serious. Yeah, he doesn't think he's taking it serious at all. Uh, and, and it talks about he's like, yeah, there there was like you know there was like several months there that it was all just audio calls, and he's like, I think he finally got the hint that I'm I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> so, but the voice that he comes up with for Homer is um, is not Homer Simpson, but very Homer Simpson esque. It's you unique enough that you know it's Homer immediately. Yeah, so as soon as, as soon as you cuz Garfield's a little bit like when when we get to Garfield, he's a little bit deeper and a little bit kind of like a Garfield, but Homer is a much deeper version of of all the other Bobs and you know who's talking immediately. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So he's definitely his voice has definitely got the most change and in inflection in it during you know during the reading, so. Um so Homer and and uh, and Riker head back. And Riker has taken on like he's his his uh, his VR is the deck of the Enterprise yep. and like he is full out. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. So that would be uh, Sean. Sean would be Riker. Riker. Totally. But with a little bit of everything else mixed in. So it's... yeah. Um. So they head back to Earth and they're like, okay, look, we, we need to we need to we need to be cautious about this. And they start doing long range scans and everything. And they basically figure out that the um, 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 Medeiros is there, or at least a clone or version of Medeiros is there. And um, there are like four ships, I believe, and they're doing calculations to figure out how many missiles they have and everything else and how many how many busters they have and how they'd be able to take this out, so on and so forth. So they end up making a, um, a high-speed flyby 
Oh, the, at this point, uh, I'm sorry, we, we skipped way over this. So after uh, one of the things that Bill, I'm sorry, Bob first did was uh, he upgraded his ship to a version two that was much faster, uh, had a lot of a lot more capabilities and everything. And um, yeah, and so they sent, you know, so these ships are definitely upgraded since the last time they they fought Medeiros. And um, they do a quick flyby. They drag, you know, they they pull two of the uh, Madeira ships off, um, basically circle around the the far side of the sun, and uh, are able to uh, to to knock them out. Um, they then head back towards Earth, come around on the other side of Earth, and when they uh, get into the battle with Madeiros, um, uh, Homer is is uh, taken out of the fight, but not 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 dead he's just taken out of the fight but they do manage to to end up winning the battle um and it's at this point they also realize uh uh Medeiros has literally been grabbing asteroids from the belt and has been dropping them on the planet and um specifically <laughs> yes that is fucking crazy like, yeah. oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. it's a scorched earth policy it's basically yep. you know I think was it China that they thought. Yeah, they were going after, China. after So they were they were basically, and they've already, and he's like, we, they've already dropped a couple on there, but the next couple that were coming in were going to be planet killers. Like, yep. it was going to wipe China. everything China. off. Yep. So they stop that, and of course they find this technology interesting. How he's able to move these planets, uh, or he's moved these asteroids, and they send that back to Bill. And Bill's like, okay, that's cool. I'll have to check some of this stuff out. Yep. Um, so they, um, um, so they, they, uh. They start scanning the Earth. They do multiple scans of the Earth. Uh, they get Homer up and running again uh, with his own ship. And it's at this point that they find there is life left on Earth, but there's not a lot of time left. Like, there's maybe 100 years left, and then the planet's pretty much gone. They're basically in a nuclear... It's becoming a nuclear winter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there are pockets of civilization. The first one they find is one of the largest. Um... And it's uh, it, it it's uh, being con- uh, commanded Butterworth. by uh, Butterworth. I love Butterworth. Like, I, I didn't at first. I didn't love Butterworth, first, but I definitely love Butterworth afterwards. And and I liked how Riker and him did not get along. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it's definitely, and you can definitely see the 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 two personalities there because the one is is very literally, you know. Um, he, he's, he's doing everything he can. And that was the other thing. The introspection in this is very good because he's like, I understand where Butterworth is coming from. He's trying to do the best thing possible for his people, Yeah, but he has to realize I'm running the game. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's the way it's going to go. Um, but over the course of time, they end up finding out there's like 127 other small pockets of civilization and they're all basically become their own delegates and so he has a a new UN, and for someone who was originally, you know, his original personality was a complete introvert, he's basically now in charge of trying to figure out how he's going to move several million people off of the 15, planet. 15, 15 million people off That's of the all planet. That's left of humanity. And they're still fighting as if, And they're like, still fighting. So yeah. stupid, right? You know what's hilarious, though? Stupid that would be... <laughs> That's exactly that what I bad. thought. That's exactly what I thought. I thought, no, yes, it actually it, happened. yes, as stupid as it would be if there were only 15 million people left on this planet, if we were in different locations, we would still be fighting over, well, who gets to go first and why do they get to go first? Why can't I go first? And this, that, and the other. And I want that planet. Why can't I have that planet? Yeah. Yeah. 
They're exactly. not helping each other. They don't care if people die. It's so selfish and just terrible and the worst of humanity. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. And that's why I love it so much. Whenever Riker puts his foot down, he just <laughs> like shuts everyone up. And he's like, we're done Wait. for the day. And, and then, and then you start getting this other side of, of uh, Homer and Homer's like, Riker, they're scared. They're all about to die. You, you know, you've got to cut these people some slack, you know, give them something to do. And, and so, yeah. on. and that's when his, as he put it, my stock in Homer started going up. He's like, I realize he's a goofball, but he does take this shit serious. Yeah. yeah, and and you know what? Those two couldn't have been better paired. Oh like no, Riker absolutely. and and Homer were probably my favorite pairing out of everybody in this uh, until the second book, and that's a whole other issue. But I I I loved uh, Homer and and Riker. Hey Logan, what? Yeah, they're very good. No, oh, saying is I I it, no. I heard you. You didn't hear what I said. I did. I have a different favorite couple in the in the second book, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh oh. Anyway, uh, so they're dealing with Butterworth, and they're dealing with uh, they're dealing with all these impersonalities. Oh, and then they find there is a small faction left of Faith, and Faith <laughs> is like, all right, they think they're still under control, so they're like replicant this, that, and the other, and he completely yeah. shuts them down. And I I loved oh, every that. minute of that. Oh. Yep. Especially when um, Cranston is like basically saying, and when I hit this button, you will think differently. And does yeah. it. Bill, and, and Riker's like, yeah, that's not going to work, dude. So, I, I yeah. only have one word. Or I have two words for you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's at that point he's introduced, he he brings up, he's like, this is your sister's great, 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 and so he starts to have communication with her, and then we start to get this new dynamic with Riker, where it's, you know, at first he's just like, okay, I'm here to save the humans and and do yeah. what I can, and now it's like, okay, I've got family, and yeah. I need to watch out for my family, and so that becomes. <sighs> Every character in this book starts off as one fragment of his personality, and then as time goes by, they get deeper and deeper and get to be more well-rounded characters, yeah. uh, which is one of the reasons I, I really liked this book. None of the characters in here stayed uh, two-dimensional to me at all. No. So, no, no. Um, Medeiros. But yes. <laughs> well, Medeiros. Medeiros stayed two-dimensional. My apologies. Yeah. Um, so Riker, Riker's focused on trying to get uh, the ships, all, you know, get a ship built and and balancing how he's going to build ships and build resources and feed people and all this other stuff. And it's, it's an absolute nightmare. Um, and so I think by the end of the first book, they got Butterworth's group off of the planet and a couple of other ones. I think, I think they got them off the planet in the, in, by the end of the first book. It was. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on route. Yeah, they were en route to they were en route to uh, where they where they're going to end up, That's which right. leads us to Milo. So Milo goes off and finds um, twin planets. Uh, one of them has a bigger, you know, uh, it's definitely more livable. It seems like it'd be more livable. The uh, wildlife is a little more wild. <laughs> <laughs> um and of course he calls them um uh Romulus in in and Vulcan. So yeah. um yeah, so basically um 
he's his job is to start preparing uh those planets for colonization. Does he not does he run into a Medeiros? I forgot. He ends up getting exploded after the second. Oh, season. that's right. Yes. Then Milo, I think Milo gets exploded because once he finds them, he also <laughs> finds Medeiros, and then that's when they have to go back over there. Or am I getting that confused? I don't remember. He There's goes so- to a second system after he finds those planets, and he's like, yay, I'm going to find another one. And then he gets oh, shot down. Oh, yeah. That's right. I just Good. got it. That's right. He he sets up the uh, the, the factory the to, to make sure that, stuff and, and then he heads off. That's heads right. Heads off, and then that's when. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So. Freaking um, girls. <laughs> yeah, but but Milo ends up finding uh, initially finding the planets that we will eventually start to resettle. So. Um, which uh, the last one of the original five is Mario. Mario doesn't have a lot in the first book. Uh, but he does show up in the first book again. And um, so we've got basically the recolonization of planet Earth. We have trying to get everyone off of Earth. We have uh, research, you know, finding out new stuff that's going to help us throughout the rest of the books. And then, of course, and then we have this uh, this budding civilization that, you know, Bob is trying to protect. Mm-hmm. And Mario introduces the other interesting aspect of this book, which I also loved. Mario goes way the hell out there and finds a planet um, where there are remnants of this massive die-out. Like, there's this... Something has come through and literally within, like, seconds killed all life on this planet. And he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on with it um, and ends up finding the first evidence of what they refer to in the rest of the trilogy as the Others. And the others are a uh, very um, Borg is not right because they're not assimilating. They're but it, that's all I could think every time I well, they explain it. It just felt like the Borg because it's just like no, if, this is happening whether you like it or not. If if it's I, I would say it would be like the Borg meets Alien. A little bit, yeah, yeah. That's the so, only thing I could think of. Yeah, so in the other books, we find out more about the others. Uh, but at this point, all we know is there's this, there's obviously another um, super advanced, super intelligent species out there that is just harvesting planets for all of the raw materials to yeah, include. All the gone, everything's gone. To include all of the organics, which yeah. he, you know, him and his clones end up figuring out the only reason you would harvest organics. Would be for food. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's, we get this looming, you know, now we've got a looming bad guy. We've got, Medeiros is kind of bad, but mm-hmm. we're already kind of outpacing him. You know, he's more like a thorn in our side at this point. But now we've got the quote unquote big bad that's been introduced. So, yeah. Um, so with that, we're going to, you know, that's, that's pretty much kind of the, the first, the first book of the trilogy. Um, we did find out about the <coughs> satellites that went out. The use one crashed, right? Uh, the English. Which, oh, yeah, no, the Australian. We oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, that's right, yeah. I, got discovered. I love him. What's his name? Henry. 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 I love Henry. Henry Roberts, yeah. Henry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Who, which one comes up on him? 
Linus. Linus. I just that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I love how he handles it. Where you know, um, you know, he he pings him to say, "Hey, is this another Maduros essentially?" And all he gets back is, "Piss off, mate!" And it's like, "Oh shit, okay, <laughs> this is <laughs> what the hell's going on?" And then uh, and yeah, so uh, Henry is what happens when you don't have a VR. Yes. And so Linus builds him a VR to to kind of bring him back to somewhat of a reality, and uh, and I love that because. Um, and it, it comes up later in the in the other books as well. It, you know, it's I loved his story. Uh, it, I wish you could find out more about him than what we find out, but mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah, because it explains one of the reasons why Bob probably um, survived is because he created the VR that he did, so that you know he had a way to uh, stabilize himself. Um, um, uh, uh, Henry talks about like just being in this dark room or this dark nothingness with these ra- these you know voices screaming at him to do different things and build things and, and do this that and the other and that's why he started going crazy as it were so yeah so what <laughs> so, would your VR be if you could if you were in this situation and you were the ship ooh. I think I'm going to be a Lego <laughs> I want to make everything Legos. That would be awesome. <laughs> or Star Wars, obviously, but Legos would be so cool. I am so much more, at least now at this point in my life, I am so much more of a Star Wars person. That being said, because of the type of missions and types of things that he's doing, <laughs> I I really have to say I'd probably do the bridge from, from the next-gen Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I like I like the I like the floating platform that one of the one of them came up with. I can't remember which one it was, where mm-hmm. he's just floating over the different cities of Earth. Yes, <laughs> I thought that was that, kind of that's cool an awesome one. one. Um, it you know what mine would probably change a lot. Oh yeah, my I think mine would change. Just depends constantly. on the mood. And yeah. Some days I would have you know what some days I'd be driving a DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I would be that way, but I really think I would end up like, I think it was Bill, like eventually Bill's like, you know, I'm really kind of doing a bunch of stuff and I really kind of let this place go. (laughs) He's like, I've pretty much had the same background forever. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, I'm sure I'd settle on something eventually, but uh, for a while I'd be trying on different hats. Yeah. It'd be change a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good question. Good question. Hmm, that um, so that is that. That's that's the first book of the trilogy of the Bobaverse, as it were. So, um, and, and all these cliffhangers are mm-hmm. absolutely in the book. Like there is a what, <laughs> what, what, and Chris's reaction to when the book ended was perfect. She's like, "What? That's it." <laughs> Yeah. This book was clearly written, and we talked about this before the show. This book was clearly written um, as 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 part of a trilogy. Like yeah. uh, the author clearly thought out, he had this overarching storyline for all three books, and then you know cut it up and and divided it up in everything else. Um, so uh, we we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about this during the show. I know we talked about it before the show. Uh, eventually, we may come back, maybe even next year, and look at reading at least the second book and eventually the third one. Because if you're going to read the second one, you got to read the third one. Um, I would say that should there, be 
one show to to finish it off because they blur so much yes they do it would be very hard to do that so is there talk of this becoming a movie eventually already or as as much buzz as apparently it got last year um i i could definitely see hollywood looking at this i could definitely see this being a uh a multi uh, um a, a multi uh um movie mm-hmm. you know deal yeah. so because they're even though you know we, and we talked about this even though it's technically it all started from one bob it's they all have their own personalities we have all these different personalities and all these different characters now can you imagine um uh casting someone and telling them oh by the way you're going to play all the versions of bob <laughs> you know what though andy uh Circus. Any circus could do it. That would be. He's a little too old though because Bob died when he was like thirty-one. I know, but you can make the change oh, in the movie, true. right? Like it's. Yeah. But it would all be CGI. Or, or you exactly what you just said. Do it CGI, mm-hmm. uh, because it's all VR anyway, right? Yeah. So that would be so, interesting. And then have the live. Then you would get that contrast. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing mm-hmm. throwing ideas out there because I I could see any circus pulling that off big time. Or or that type of a an actor. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That would be yeah. That would be really interesting because I thought the same thing. Like this is very. It's done very cinematic. It's very yeah. um. You know, it's done in a way so that you would have the scene build up to this point, and then we switch to another character, and then we come back and finish that. So it's very yep. much written like a a movie would be played out. So, yep. um, and I vaguely remember hearing someone say something about this book last year to me and I, I don't remember who it was um and just you know being really excited about it coming out i really like i said i didn't realize how new the book was i mean it's barely a year old yeah um well and, it's, and i know it's won a lot of awards because the third book just came out in august oh yeah no so I, last, I would have been pissed yeah one in april <laughs> and one in august so clearly he wrote it sort of all at the same time and yeah. it just got broken up yeah yeah so you, you time this one very well. <laughs> oh yeah, because I would have been super pissed if I got yeah. the first two books and be like, "All right, where's the third? Where's the third?" Yeah, yep. <laughs> Start direct messaging him every day. Where's the third book? Exactly. <laughs> Dennis, where's the book? <laughs> he's sitting in some. He's sitting at some place where like all writers get together, and it's, that's like all they bitch about, you know. God <laughs> damn it, those fans. Canadians. Pardon? <laughs> Damn those Canadians, they won't leave me alone. They're relentless, those jerks. All I could do is hear them sharpening their skates. They're coming after me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no, there'd be a Texan down here waiting for the next one, too. So, yeah. um, so final thoughts on the on the book. Um, Ray. Oh, it, it was... It was so well written, but the thing that I liked about it uh, the most was they got the perfect person to read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had somebody else that couldn't inflect the way that he did and couldn't change the voice the way that he did, you could get lost in that book very easily. So I, I appreciate uh, the combination of not just the story, but also the storyteller. So, mm-hmm. uh, Chris, any final thoughts? I really enjoyed it. Again, not the most techie person, so the science <laughs> stuff over my head but i liked that it wound up being a a multiple point of view book which those are my favorite Mm -hmm. because i feel like it's it completes the story more um and 
as uh, as much of a single point it wasn't. It, it's, like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. just clones of Bob, but like Eugene keeps saying, they're all their own characters, and they all yeah. the further along it gets, the more developed they get. And I I just really liked the story. I thought it was a really cool idea of what the future might look like, and I he's just a really Dennis is a really great writer, and it's a really fast paced story, and um, it's plot driven, and it I just. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And we're listening into the car, and the kids like it, too. Yeah. Like, they're swearing in it, um, but... It's nothing that they haven't heard before, Exactly, so. <laughs> with a sass mouth for a mother. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a It's... I like reading... I, I, like you, Jennifer, if I think if I read it, like, have it at the book, I, it would be really super hard for me to get into it. But listening to it really, really helps. Because it just keeps all the bobs in order, and it just yeah. yeah, it makes it a lot easier to get through all that that heavy science stuff that I don't understand. <laughs> but I loved it. I thought it was great. Jen, any final thoughts? You didn't get a chance to quite finish the book, uh, so are you definitely planning on finishing it, or? Yeah, I'll finish it, and and I'll probably go on to read the rest of them. Um, that I I thought it was a really neat concept. It it was different from anything I've read before, which is hard to do after, you know, how many years of people writing sci-fi, but, you know, the idea that, that we don't need to take everything we need with us and you can, like, make it as you go and replicate, and, and the idea of such an advanced um, AI or, you know, implementing a human brain into a machine like that, um, it also, like, brings up some interesting questions about, like, how they're trying to you know, accelerate life on planets or help these species along? How, like, um, did somebody do that with us? Like, did we have a being, you know, like that, that's the God or whatever, you know? So you think, you think about things like that. Where did, where did the universe start? Was it just some person that got stuck in a machine that wanted to like, you know, say, Hey, what would happen if I dropped some icebergs on this planet? And yeah, a bunch of random molecules, see what, where it goes. So interesting, very interesting, makes you think, and it's, like she said, very fast-paced story that keeps you moving. Mm-hmm. After I've, like I said, I've listened to the entire series at least twice. I know I've listened to the first book multiple times just for taking notes, purposes, and everything else. Um, yeah, I loved the book, and I think I, my final conclusion as to why I loved the book so much is because I identify with Bob so much <laughs> um I, I i like okay so at my work i've been doing inventory like i said at the beginning <clears throat> and um i have days where i just enjoy like going in putting my headphones on and not and doing anything with anyone like just literally being by myself and, and doing doing my own thing and being perfectly content and getting a little annoyed whenever i do get inter- interrupted and yet I do have other days, like, for example, um, I'm currently in the process of trying to, to get a new partner. My partner moved on uh, to a, a different job downtown. Uh, so I'm currently without a partner. Um, and I'm really missing her, not just because I don't have someone there to, 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 to get my back for me. So while I'm, I'm doing, you know, I can work on a big project and she can handle all the piddly stuff that comes up or vice versa. Because, you know, she's been working on a project and I've taken care of all this stuff for her. Um, 
we talked a lot. Like, you know, we, it was very, you know, we'd get in the next morning. How was your evening? How was your weekend? And we talk and, you know, we talk about geeky things. And so, uh, you know, I understand both sides of that, of being able to, to, you know, work by myself, but also, you know, still missing talking to other people that I enjoy talking to. Um, pretty much everything that they create is made with 3d printers and it has become such a big part of my life. It's insane. Um, it's helped us. Uh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) but, um, I mean, just that, just the personalities, I, I, you know, the way that he handles things a lot of times are the way that, um, you know, even though a lot of the new bobs, when they come online, it talks about this, the new bobs, a lot of them are, are very much, you know, hey, you know, I want to go on and do my own thing. But usually they're all pretty much at least at the first mindset of, okay, well, what is it we have to do to get the job done? And let's yeah, get the yeah. job done, and then we can move on to the stuff. And that's really how I work. I'm like, okay, what's the job? Let's get the job done, and then I can move on to either stuff that I want to do or what the next job is. Yeah. Um, so I identified with with Bob so much, not just and not just like you know main Bob, like. All of the other bobs, I can see different facets of my personality coming out with different people and, and the way that I act in certain situations and stuff. So I, I just oh, so well written. I am so glad y'all, you know, you recommended this book to the group to read because this has become quite honestly one of my favorite books. The trilogy is is one of my favorites. So. Oh, just when you were saying how the different bobs, I, and this just it uh, reminded me something that I really loved about the book too was every time the bob comes online, you know, he snaps back to conscious and he checks his his code, and and he's his like serial number, yeah, shit, I'm not yes. me anymore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they pop <laughs> into the VR and they're like, nope, you know the rules, new name, new <laughs> name, yep, exactly. All right, call me Lou for now, and. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Um, I yeah. was going to ask, I was going to ask, we're, we're running a little late. I, I, so I'll, I, I won't, I won't quite ask the question. I'll just kind of throw it out there. Um, is it, would anyone here consider, um, being cryogenically frozen? Mm, okay. Chris, maybe I, I would do if I had Trust to... me. If vampires existed, bite me. I'm immortal, baby. <laughs> uh, whatever yeah, she, i need to take to, to not die she, I'm on she it. does not gotcha. um, <laughs> if i would be i'd be curious about the whole ai aspect of it like uh you know integrating your consciousness into that type of thing that would be intriguing especially if you're close to death because there's aspects of the book that we didn't talk about which is like the uh the vampire or no uh what was the what was those things the the things that were infected, or no, that's when they get. Is that in the first book? See, I'm losing. They uh, all blend together. I know. I don't remember that, so probably not. Okay, so, so yeah, when they <laughs> anyway, when he starts talking about, I'm glad I'm not human right now. Like those oh, types yeah, yeah, of aspects, yeah. it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I would be okay with being a computer at that point. <laughs> yeah, there's certain things that he talks about, and especially the later books where he's like, yeah, I don't miss that so much. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Mosquito bites, getting cold, getting hot. Yeah. Being achy, hungry. Aches, pains, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I could do without that. So. Yeah. But needing those sensations to like still stretching keep your and sanity. Doing, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like Miss being, it's like he still needs to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. To keep grounded. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, all right then. Let's uh, let's kind of move on to uh, what else have you been reading? Uh, has anyone else has anyone been reading anything else recently of interest? What you got for us, Ray? Uh, the new Dan Brown Origins. Ooh. Started, started reading that one. Mm-hmm. I know Dan Brown's kind of one of those you either love him or hate him. Uh, Chris is definitely the hate him like group. Uh, I enjoy his books because they're vi- they are written for movies. Like it is a very uh, it's very much it's multiple. It's kind of like this book in the way that it it moves quickly, and there is uh, there's definitely those um, you you can just tell it's written for a movie. But I'm not very far into it, and all I can hear is every time I hear Robert Langdon speak, the, every time I read him speaking, is Tom Hanks in my uh, in my head. So, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm about. Uh, I'm I'm right at the part where shit's about to get real. So, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> uh, Chris, have you been reading anything else? Uh, just uh, listening to the second uh, Bobiverse book, and then now I'm a third of the way. About a third. A third and, of the way through the third and book. So I've been listening to it with her again, and oh, so nice. I'm on my second my my second reading. Uh. <laughs> I have some books lined up. I borrowed the new uh, Ernest Klein book, Armada, from a friend of mine. So mm-hmm. I have to read that. Um, yeah, I have a stack on my nightstand of books that I gotta, I want to get through. Because I'm really trying not to buy anymore. Mm-hmm. No more new books till I read what I've got. Gotcha, yep. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. <laughs> it, it is her birthday coming up. So. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Oh. <laughs> Jennifer, uh, have you been reading anything else? Um, I read the restaurant at the end of the universe after. We oh, read okay. Was that? So, huh? How was it? It was good. Uh, I wanted to keep going, but I had to start on this book. So, oh, um, yeah. but yeah, it was quick read. You know, really funny, just like the last one. Kind of big twist in it. Obviously, that's what he does. But um. But yeah, it's good. I'm. I want to finish that series as well. So it's just too many stories to. Yeah, yeah. Too many stories, not enough time. So, um, I like I said, you know, I'm in that point of time still. I'm about to be out of it. I'm about to be done with inventory and stuff. Uh, so I'm still reading a lot of stuff, and I've gone back and reread some stuff. I did went go through and finish uh, for We Are Many, which is the second book, and All These Worlds, which is the third. Um. Because it was Halloween time, I thought I'd read something uh, kind of scary, uh, and uh, I went back and reread. I've, I've read it previously. Uh, Stephen King's Salem Lot. I love that book. It is very, very well done. Um, and then I went back and finished the three books that have been out thus far from Andrew Main in uh, the Jessica Blackwood series, Angel Killer, Name of the Devil, and Blackfall. And then he just released a new book not too long ago, like maybe last month. Uh, called the naturalist and it's a new series he started and it was it's just it's strictly a a um, um, a thriller type book which is not normally always my type you know cup of tea but i really enjoyed it um i really like his writing and i really enjoyed listening to it so um if you're looking for something new that's just recently come out check out the, the naturalist by uh, andrew main so with that said you uh you can find the show on uh, YouTube at Epically Geeky. You can also find us at epicallygeeky.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Epically Geeky as well. Uh, our next book that we'll be reading 
uh, and I'm so excited because also this is another one of my series that I just absolutely adore. Uh, our next book is going to be uh, the first in the um, Wizard 2.0, uh, our Magic 2.0 series, and it's called Off to Be the Wizard by Scott Meyer. Um, I'm actually rereading the series for this right now. I this is another one of those series. It's very lighthearted, and I just I love it. I if I if I just need brain candy, as it were, this is one of the series I go to because I I just love it. Um, and then you can find us online doing our own individual thing from time to time. Uh, Ray, where can we find you online? Not much right now. I've been really uh, I've been working too much. <laughs> gotcha. Um. Yeah, I, I've i got a couple of things that I'm going to be posting on Lake Life soon, as soon as they get done. I've got a couple of skateboards that I'm actually staining and painting and having oh, fun cool. with. So uh, check that out probably in the coming two weeks, because I'll have a bit of time yeah, off, hopefully. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's so that'll be the Lake Life artist uh, on Instagram. Cool. Chris, you're still still not on, huh? Nope, she's happy about it too. Uh, Jennifer, where can we find you online? Um, Twitter and Instagram at Het's Gonna Be Me. Very cool. And you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 